Thanks for checking out the Renew Life Church podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that today's message encourages you. Man, you look good this morning. You sounded good this morning. Uh, it is a privilege to come back to Renew Life Church. Uh, I recognize a lot of faces. Uh, if you don't know who I am, I know who you are. Uh, I've been around uh, Renew Life Church for about four years now, and it's, it's, like I said, it's always a privilege to come back and be with you. I bring you greetings from my wife uh, and my kids who couldn't be here. They wanted to. Uh, my, my daughter just said, you know, I would love to be with you, but I don't want to hear you pray for nine hours on the way down to uh, Renew Life Church. But uh, my wife is from Midland, and uh, so, uh, man, we, I got deep roots here. I came and got the best kept secret out of uh, of Midland, and and uh, and uh, she wishes she could be with you this morning. But uh, uh, she's taking care of our our little kids. I've got a little one and a half year old. He's our little grizzly bear, and uh, he uh, used to be a soft, cuddly little kid. Who everybody loves to to hold on to. Now he is a holy terror in our house uh, and in a car or whatever. Uh, I also bring you greetings from Church on the Move, uh, Gospel Bill himself. Uh, you know, when I was uh, when I first came to Church on the Move, uh, believe it or not, uh, this was in the in the late '80s, maybe early '90s. He actually rode a horse onto stage uh, in full gospel bill apparel. He's not like that anymore. People think that's what he does. He doesn't do that anymore. In fact, he handed off the church to his son after 30 years of ministry. Uh, Whit George sends his his love and his greetings. Our lead pastor, and man, we are in such a great. Uh, place as a church, and I'm so excited to be with you this morning. And and here's what I would say, man: if you're just ca- kind of kicking the tires here at Renew Life Church, uh, the grass doesn't get any greener than it is right here. Plug in all the stuff they were just talking about right here every one Sunday, uh, man. Bring high expectations for what God can do in this room and in you in this church. Uh, get involved in one of those life groups. You never know what God can do through the relationships that he puts in your life. In fact, he wants to use the relationships in your life to help you grow. So just, man, run the play. Whatever they call, run that play and watch what God will do in your life. Now this morning, I want to talk to you about expectations. Now we, we've all been hurt by unfulfilled expectations from other people. We've all been disappointed in ourselves or things that we expected of ourselves or, or things that we didn't expect ourselves to ever do, and we did. I've been on both sides of that. Uh, but today I want to talk to you about a specific kind of disappointment. I want to talk to you about a specific kind of expectation. Because whether you realize it or not, your expectations of other people and your expectations of yourself are directly re- are a direct reflection of your expectations of God. So today I want to talk about what do you do when God disappoints you? What do you do when you have certain expectations of God and he doesn't meet those expectations? So uh, go with me, if you will, to the book of John, John chapter 11. Uh, we're going to read, we're going to go through John chapter 11. So if you didn't bring your Bibles, go back and read this uh, this week sometime. We'll put the verses up on the screen so you can follow along. Uh, this is a very famous story, but I don't want to assume that everyone has heard this story. Uh, so if you have heard it, please don't ruin the ending for your neighbor, okay? John chapter 11, verse 1. It says this. It says, now a certain man named Lazarus of Bethany... 
or a certain man was ill. Lazarus of, uh, uh, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. So when it says that a certain man was ill, it's not talking about it in an 80s rap kind of way. Um, it's, not, it's not, you know, uh, it, it would be cool if, you know, I don't know, maybe Lazarus was the first rapper. Uh, may, you know, uh, maybe he had a license to ill. I don't know. Maybe he was the very first to rap in tongues. I, you know, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> if you don't know what I'm talking about, go back and listen to the podcast. Uh, but Lazarus, it's not that kind of ill. Lazarus was sick. He wasn't doing good. Uh, verse 2, it was Mary who anointed the Lord with oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. Now, we talk about expectations. We talk about disappointments. Um, we, we, the, the, there are, our, our disappointments and our expectations are often tied to the people that we love the most. Uh, in Luke chapter 7, the, the Bible tells a story of this lady, Mary, uh, and it, it just says that she, she was a lady who had sinned much. She had sinned much. And she comes in and, and she pours oil on Jesus' head, expensive stuff. She get, I mean, she lavishes her worship on Jesus. And some people try to stop her and say, well, this is a little weird what you're doing here. And she comes with great expectations. Uh, and Jesus meets her expectations. He forgives her sin and he praises her publicly. Uh, Jesus also, in another part uh, of Scripture, corrects her sister Martha because he loves her. So with one sister, he lifts her up, and with one sister, he corrects her. But both shows the love of Jesus. So they have this, this relationship. There's this backstory. Um, and then in, so, so in verse uh, 3, it says this, So the sister sent, him, uh, sent to him, sent to Jesus, saying, Lord, he whom you loved is ill. So right out of the gate, we see there are certain expectations here. Maybe the conversation went like this. Lazarus is not doing very well. In fact, they think he's, he might die. And Mary, who is cheerful and, and, and optimistic, looks at Martha, who is worrisome, and says, Martha, don't worry. We'll just call Jesus. We've seen Jesus stop everything before. You know, let's just tell him. All you got to do is just tell him the, the, the one you love is ill, and he's going to stop everything, and he's going to come. Um, but I just, I love the, the, the phrase, he whom you loved is ill. Doesn't Jesus love everybody, right? Have you, have you ever gotten a text from somebody that they obviously had your contact in their phone, but you didn't have their contact in your phone? And, uh, and so you get this text, and you can tell this person um, thinks highly of you, and you have no idea who they are. There's a, there's a guy, and I still don't know who this is. This, I, this has probably been going on for a couple of years. It's a guy who sends me a text, uh, Christmas or Thanksgiving or something, and he just says, hey, bro, thinking about you, love you, bro. How, how do you respond to that if you don't know who it is? And so I'm just like, thinking of you too, man. How's it going? How are things? That's good. Just want to tell you I love you. Good. Love you, bro. This was not the situation. Jesus knew what was happening. Jesus knew immediately who this was. 
When Jesus heard, when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death. Who's he talking to? So some messenger comes, Jesus is with his disciples, and Jesus says, uh, this, uh, let's see, this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God so that the Son of God may be glorified. Jesus takes a moment to say, hey, God's up to something here. Uh, the disciples have seen this before. The, the, the disciples have, have seen Jesus love people and then go out and heal everybody. The disciples have seen Jesus have compassion on someone, and then miracles followed. So, so I'm sure the disciples, when Jesus said this, had certain expectations as to what was about to happen. Then verse 5 confirms that he, Jesus does indeed love this family. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Let me ask you a question. Who are the people that you expect the most from in life? Who do you expect the most from in life? Well, you're probably thinking of a couple of people, but I can tell you two things about those people without knowing who it is. Number one, it's, it's probably someone who either, A, you have done a lot for. You have loved them a lot. You've sacrificed a lot for them. You've done a lot for them. Or, B, they've done a lot for you. Now, my wife, Ruth, is a nurturer. She's got the gift of hospitality. Uh, I, mean, she, I mean, she is amazing. I mean, with gift of anticipation, I'll, I'll feel a hunger in my stomach, and I'll walk downstairs, and <laughs> supper's ready. And uh, or, or I'll, I'll, be, I'll finish my, uh, you know, my carbonated water or whatever I'm drinking, and, and she'll know, and I'll look up, and she's got something coming. Same thing with our kids. Now, our kids uh, are, are, get a little bit frustrated when she's not as fast as they want her to be, especially my one-and-a-half-year-old grizzly bear. Uh, he just, you know, she'll make this nice little meal, and he'll just throw it all over and then expect what he wants to be on his tray right then and there. How many of you have a toddler? You know what I'm talking about. Or if you have, if you have kids, you know that there's, ex, there's a, this expectation based on a pattern of behavior. You expect more from the people you've sacrificed for, and you, expe and you expect more from people who've sacrificed the most for you. Verse 6, so when he had heard that Lazarus was ill. He said he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Hang on a second. Wait a minute. This is not where we expected the story to go. So this, this narrative is building. John, the writer, wants you to know that there's this history here, there's this relationship here, and there's these expectations here. And, and so they send the word, Lazarus, the one you love, is ill. And you expect that Jesus, you expect the verse to go like this. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stopped everything. He dropped everything and they went straight to Bethany and he healed Lazarus. And Lazarus sent him a text later and said, thanks, bro. I appreciate your ministry so much. Here's a big check. And Jesus would go on, right? I mean, the disciples have seen Jesus do this. Jairus came uh, to Jesus and interrupted him. I mean, as soon as he got off the boat, said, my daughter is sick. Jesus dropped everything and goes and heals. Now, he, there's a stop along the way, but he does. He goes and heals or resurrects Jairus' daughter. Uh, 
the, the, the Roman centurion comes to Jesus, and, and he says, hey, my servant is sick. Jesus is ready to stop everything right then and there and go heal this servant. But look what happens here. It says, so when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. It's like a non sequitur. It doesn't follow. Like we're going along this path, and nope, here we go. We're going a different way. They had expectations of Jesus. They were expecting Jesus. And right away, we see disappointment. I'm sure Mary and Martha, when the servant got back, already began to be disappointed. Because the servant would have said, hey, or the messenger would have said, hey, uh, Jesus didn't come right away. I don't, I don't know why. Okay, so maybe he's coming tomorrow. Well, he didn't come tomorrow. And maybe he's coming the next day. Well, he, it says he waited two days. And, and, and I love that it says, so when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer. God's up to something. God's up to something here, even in their disappointment, even in their unfulfilled expectations. What is he up to? You see, the expectations for Jesus are very clear. Jesus, you've behaved this way before. We expect you to do it again. We've got this history of relationship. I've given to you. You've said nice things about me. You've saved me. You've rescued me. So I expect you to do certain things. I expect that when I pray, you're going to answer. I expect that when, when I ask to be healed, you're going to be healed that I'm going to be healed. When I, I ask that when you provide for me, I expect you to provide for me a certain way and a certain time, just like you did for him, just like you did for her, just like you did for me in my past. I'm expecting you to do this a certain way. So what do you do? What do you do when God disappoints you? What happens inside your heart? What do you do? Why doesn't God just do what we expect him to do? Why doesn't he just heal the way we expect him to heal? Why doesn't church go the way we think it's going to go? When we come on Sunday morning, sometimes we're expecting to hear certain things from God. Why doesn't it always happen the way we think it will happen? Well, here's why. Jesus is the servant of all. He is. But he's also the Lord of all. Jesus is the servant of all, but he's also the Lord of all. Here, let me say it this way. If Jesus did everything we expected him to do, when we expected him to do it, then our expectations would be Lord, not him. Jesus would become a divine vending machine. We would have a consumer relationship with God. And everything our heart desires, immediately we get it. We've got a genie in a bottle. We don't have a God who can change us. We don't have a Lord. We don't have a master. We don't have a king. If that, if that is our expectations of God. Too many people have walked away from church because they think God is a vending machine. They expected God to do something, and he didn't do it. Let me tell you something. If that's you, your God is too small. You can't bottle up your God that way. He is Lord, he is master, he is king, or he is nothing. He is not subject to your expectations. But here's something with this. He is on a mission. 
jumping back to verse 4, we see a little bit of what Jesus gives us the clue, the context. Here's what's happening. It said, when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Did you ever, dis- did you ever consider that your disappointment, your disappointment with other people, your disappointment with yourself, your disappointment with God may not be about you. Do you ever consider that your expectations, your unfulfilled expectations may not be about you? God may not have caused the disappointment, but he can always use it for his glory. And the good news of the gospel is this, that the glory of God is directly connected to the joy of his people. The glory of God is directly connected to your joy. When you, pursue, when you say, God, I'm open-handed about my expectations, I just want your glory, what we, what we sang earlier today. No matter what's happening, God, we give you the highest praise. In spite of what my expectations are, God, I'm going I'm to be open. I'm going to open my heart to you. What if God's up to something? What's he up to with your disappointment? What's he up to with your unfulfilled expectation? Jumping down to verse 7, it says, Then after this, he said to the disciples, let's go to Judea again. This next little section is, is kind of funny to me because there's, everyone's coming to Jesus with such low expectations. And I love how Jesus deals with it. But he, uh, the disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were now seeking to stone you. And you're going there again? You see, they don't even realize that resurrection life himself, life himself is standing with them. And they're afraid of somebody trying to stone Jesus? Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the, in the night, he stumbles because the, not, the light is not in him. Verse 11, after saying these things, he said to them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going to awaken him. The disciples said to him, all right, well, Lord, if he's fallen asleep, you know what? No rush to go. We don't want to go, go uh, back to Judea where they're, or Bethany where they're going to, you know, threaten us. He's going to recover. He'll be fine. They're kind of trying to talk him out of it. Now, Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought he meant Lazarus was resting in actual sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died. And look at this, for your sake, I'm glad I was not there, so that you may believe. Let us go to him. Can I tell you something? God is always up to more than you think he is. God is always doing something that you can't see. God lives in the realm of the invisible. He lives in the realm of the impossible. He's always up to more than you think he is. What if the disappointment happening to you is the very thing God is working 
for you? What if the disappointment, what if the, the, the unfulfilled expectations that you have for God and other people and for yourself, what if those things that are happening that you think is happening to you, God wants to use it to do something for you? He said, for your sake, I'm glad I was not there, so that you may believe. When someone crosses that line of faith and goes from darkness to light, what happens? Who gets the glory? God gets the glory. Who gets the joy? We do. If you take part in someone stepping closer to God and someone turning their back on their unfulfilled expectations and opening their heart to Jesus and crossing that line of faith, when you're in a small group and you help someone turn their back on their yesterdays and step closer into a relationship with Jesus, closer into a relationship with his word, closer to a relationship with the Holy Spirit, when they believe God gets the glory and you get the joy. What if the disappointment happening to you is the very thing God is working for you? And I love this. Verse 16. Anybody have a friend who says the wrong thing at the wrong time? He's hanging out with everybody, and he tries to say, he tries to say the thing that makes everybody laugh. Or he tries to point out the thing that no one has noticed. This is Thomas. I, I, don't, I don't really think Thomas was one of the most popular disciples. Until I see the, the hands in his, na- in his the, the holes in his hands and his feet, I won't, yeah. So Thomas called the twins, said to his fellow, fellow disciples, let us go that we may die with him. What? What? I can imagine Peter looking at him and saying, Tommy, shut up, you're out of your element. Jesus, you're being very undued. Now, when Jesus came, he found Lazarus had already been dead, had already been in the tomb for four days, down in verse 20. So when Martha had heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been there, Jesus, we were expecting you. What happened here? I gave, Lord. I did what I was supposed to do. God, I prayed, I asked, I requested, and I am expecting you. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. God, here, look, unfulfilled expectations. God, you disappointed me. But even now I know whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus, I was expecting you to do this, but you didn't do it. But even now, I have expectations. They may be lower, but man, if I could just muster up a little bit of hope, if I could just muster up a little bit of faith, if I could just muster up a little bit of trust in you, God, I, I'll still give you my 
expectations. And where Mary was weak, Jesus was strong. He cuts right through. Verse 23, Jesus said, your brother will rise again. Don't allow your temporary disappointment to keep you from eternal glory. Don't allow your unfulfilled expectations to keep you from God's best. Verse 24, Martha said, I know he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. You know what? That's actually a pretty good bit of theology. Wow. You, you know that? She, she knew that. She said, I know, you know, he'll rise again in the resurrection on the last day. He's, she's talking about the rapture. She's talking about something that most people don't know about. Can I tell you something? Some of you who've been walking with God for a long time. Some of you who know the character of God the best. Some of you who have experienced the promises of God the most. Those of you who, have been, who know how to be led by the Spirit of God are maybe the most susceptible to disappointment. Because you've seen God act. You've seen God move. You've experienced the promises of God. But then sometimes things don't go the way you think they will. God does not behave the way you think he should. What do you do with your heart? Jesus looked at her and he said, I am. I am. I am. He invoked his divinity. He invoked his power. He invoked, every, he invoked the promises of who God is. And he said, I am the resurrection and life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, though his, pro, though, though his expectations are unfulfilled, though his disappointments are full, though the pain is real, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who believes in me shall never die. You're never going to let me down. You're never going to let me down, king of my heart. But hang on a second. Let the king of my heart be the mountain. Let him, let him be the fountain that I drink from. Let him be Lord, and not my expectations. And he said, looked at Mary and Martha, and he said, do you believe this? Do you believe? Mary, Martha, I'll take care of your expectations. Here's what I'm after. I'm after your heart. I... 
yeah, you'll be fine. We'll take care of you. I'm going to bless you. The promises of God find their yes in Jesus. But do you trust him? Do you trust in him? She said, yes, Lord, I believe that you're the Christ, the Son of God who is coming to the world. Then Jesus deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Ezekiel says, it, says this in Ezekiel 36, 26. He said, I will give you a new heart. I will put a new spirit in you. I will take away your stone heart, and I'll give you a heart of flesh. When he said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Will you do that this morning? Will you take your unfulfilled expectations. Some of you have real significant pain surrounded these disappointments. We allow Jesus to resurrect those expectations. We allow him to unbind them, to loosen them, so that you can set them at his feet and say, God, whether you do this or not, you're Lord. This didn't go the way I thought it would. You're Lord. This didn't go, this didn't happen the way you said it would. I trust in you. Unbind him and let him go. Some of you have been waiting a long time for God to do something with that expectation. Have you allowed the season of waiting have you allowed this, this unfulfillment to cause you to come to God with low expectations? Have you lowered your expectations for what he can do in this church? Have you lowered your expectations through what he can do through your relationships? Have you lowered your expectations for what God can do through you? Unbind those expectations. Loosen them. Allow him to breathe resurrection life into you and into your heart. Second Peter 3.9 says this. The Lord isn't really being slow. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promises. Some people think, no, no, no. He's being patient. And there it is. For your sake. His glory and your joy. Your expectations at the feet of Jesus always equal his glory and your joy. Will you lay your expectations at the feet of Jesus today? Watch what he will do in you, for you, and through you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you we thank you for your precious word. Thank you for stories like this that, that charge up our faith, that challenge us, that inspire us, that incline our hearts to you. 
do that today. Psalm 119.36. Incline our hearts to your testimonies and not toward selfish gain. Turn our eyes away from worthless things. Turn our eyes away from disappointment. Turn our eyes away from our own unfulfilled expectations and let us look to Jesus who is the author and the finisher, the perfecter of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. And now you've given him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, even over our disappointments. Lord Jesus, I believe that as your word has gone forth, that the power of your, your word has found fertile soil in the hearts of people here today. I pray that you would just enable us to know the next step to walk it out. We hope you've enjoyed our podcast today. You can find out more about our ministry at RenewLifeChurch.com or on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Also, our app is available for download so that you can stay up to date. Again, we are so glad you joined us. If you're in the Midland Odessa area, we invite you to come be our guest at one of our services. Have a great day, and we hope to see you soon.